Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Welcome to our show where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in New Jersey using the power of the internet. Yes, and today is episode 7, Grand Canyon National Park. It's going to be grand. (laughs) We wanted to make sure to mention at the top of the show, if you're enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you would take the time to rate us and write us a review. Yes. That would be awesome. Also, in case you lost count, we currently have $4.50 in the Adventure Jar. And in case you missed what the Adventure Jar is, we add a quarter to the jar every time we make a mistake, and we will use the money on our next adventure. We really made a dent last week visiting the Faroe Islands. (laughs) So, John, before we get into what's keeping us cozy this week, I wanted to make sure to talk about the very exciting SpaceX launch. The This podcast won't be coming out for a little over a week from when we're recording it, but, you know, we're recording here on June 1st, 2020, but it's a couple of days after the launch. Uh, we had mentioned the launch on episode four about Cape Canaveral, Florida, because that's where the launch happened. Yes, and my goodness, obviously a space launch is not exactly cozy, but if I could find... I found a few cozy elements. So the first one is I thought that their spacesuits looked pretty cozy for spacesuits. They were pretty snazzy. Uh, they also had a stuffed animal dragon in the spacecraft. Yes, in case you missed that. Oh my goodness, they had this really cute purple stuffed dragon and it was sparkly and it was just like floating around in the little craft. It was so cool. <laughs> it was uh, it was neat to watch the launch and it made me feel like I was in a movie about the, the space race to the moon. Yeah, for sure. It was so cool because, you know, honestly, in our lifetime, there hasn't been too much human space travel from the... Um, you know, from the United States. It's been a lot of um, drones and a lot of really cool stuff, but it's been a long time since we've been able to watch something like this, so it was kind of cool and, you know, a little cozy. I suppose. So, <laughs> So Jackie, uh, on Earth, uh, what is uh, what is keeping you cozy? Well, here on Earth, what is keeping me cozy this week is coloring. So it's one of my favorite nighttime activities. I like to listen to podcasts, actually, while I color. It's very peaceful. And I feel like it's almost like a modern version of, like, old-time radio. Like, I feel like I've seen movies and people listen to the radio at night. I feel like I listen to my podcasts at night. And I like to just color. And, um, you know, I've been getting into coloring postcards because when you're done coloring them, you can send them off to a friend with a little note. And I even framed one of those ones. So that was kind of fun. Do you have a favorite coloring book? I have, um, I love ones with florals. So that's what I generally like to do, like lots of flowers or even just anything that's like natural, like a waterscape, a mountainscape, anything like that. I like when it's really intricate too. It takes me a long time to finish a page um, because I find that in my mind, then the coloring book goes further. And do you prefer colored pencils or crayons? So nothing against crayons. I love crayons, but I definitely prefer colored pencils. They are sharper. And like I said, I like coloring books that have a lot of detail. So I usually will use colored pencils. 
Nice. <laughs> so, John, um, what's keeping you cozy this week? What's keeping me cozy this week um, are very large towels. Ooh, very large towels. Tell me more. Uh, very large towels are exceptionally important because they can envelop you. They can they can make your life go from ooh I am chilly and all wet to I am warm and safe and cared for. Mm. Even though it's it's a it's a it's a form of uh, of self care, you really feel as though you're being wrapped up like you were when you were a kid. Aw, that's nice. Do you have a favorite color of towel? I prefer. Black, just because they're easier to clean and mm. they don't—they uh, don't show like uh, um, they don't show like sand damage as easily. Oh well, sand damage is very specific. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, I mean, we're in New Jersey, but sure, <laughs> not South Jersey either, Central Jersey. Um, well, when did your love of very large towels begin? Uh, it began with um, reading uh, Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mm. and uh, a belief that one should always carry a towel. Oh, that's nice. That's a great book. Shall we head on to our segment, Ask Charles? Yes. For our next segment, uh, Ask Charles, our producer Charles is a man of mystery. He's also been called the Banksy of podcast producers. Since we began the show, people have been wondering who Charles is and hoping to get to know him better. So he has kindly said yes to answering a few personal questions, uh, even though he's generally very private. The question of the week is, Charles, if you could write an additional season for a favorite TV show or rewrite a particularly disappointing season of a favorite TV show, what would be the show, the season number, and something you would do in that season? And the answer is... Community Season 4, the Gas Leak Season. Charles would have written the whole season in the Darkest Timeline. Oh my. Is that the timeline where Jeff has one... No, no, no spoilers. Oh, well, the show has been off the air since 2015, but I guess you're right. It's the right thing to do. Either way, I feel like the answer to this question just leads to more questions. If you have any questions for Charles, please feel free to send us an email. We will include the address in the show notes... Uh, so, uh, Jackie, uh, shall we head to Arizona? Yeah, let's go. So today, we are going to explore not only a national park, not only a world heritage site, but one of the seven wonders of the natural world. Yes, it's going to be grand. <laughs> We are not entering the chasm of Sar. Mm. We are going to the Grand Canyon. It's honestly the exploration of a lifetime and something extra special I remember from my childhood. <gasps> That's right. You went there in real life. And I can safely say that the canyon has to be seen in person to appreciate the majesty. Ugh, it looks so majestic in pictures. The Grand Canyon is 277 miles long, up to 18 miles wide, and has a depth of over a mile. And it's getting bigger. <laughs> it is carved by the Colorado River, which is 85 feet deep, which explains how the canyon got so deep. And it got wide from rain and snow melting from the sides of the canyon. As long as those things keep happening... 
it will continue to get bigger. Before we go any further, we'd like to clarify that we are exploring Grand Canyon National Park and not just the canyon. You know, I honestly didn't realize they were two different things until we started researching. Yes, Grand Canyon National Park is 1,217,262 acres, which is about 2,435 Disneyland's. To give some perspective, the National Park is larger than Rhode Island. That's right. Let that sink in. The National Park is larger than a state in the nation. Oh, Rhode Island. Such a cozy little state. So, in its most basic form, the Grand Canyon itself is broken into two parts. The North Rim and the South Rim. The North Rim, which has very few roads, and is mostly hiking trails and mule rides. The North Rim also has a much higher elevation than the South Rim, so it is closed from December 1st to May 15th each year because of the snow. The more easily accessible and most popular portion of the canyon is definitely the South Rim. Yes, this is where most people come to. There is a driving tour along with free shuttle buses. The Grand Canyon Village is also on the south rim of the canyon. Uh, It's a tourist hub with a visitor center along with many historical buildings. Yes, and did you know that four of the historical landmark buildings that are at the Grand Canyon were designed by Mary Coulter, who is one of the few female architects from the early 1900s? I had never heard of her before, but she is very impressive. Wow, a female architect in the early 1900s, that's very cool. Agreed. She was the chief architect and decorator for the Fred Harvey Company from 1902 to 1948, 46 years. Her buildings at the Grand Canyon were inspired by the surrounding landscape and are so beautiful. Do you have a favorite of the four buildings? They are all amazing, but I think my absolute favorite is the Desert View Watchtower. It's literally an epic watchtower that she designed in 1932. The outside blends in with the landscape and the inside is so intricate. And since it's a watchtower, you can obviously see an amazing view of the Grand Canyon. I would love to visit all of her buildings, but this is the one I would choose if I could only visit one. And when we say it blends into the surroundings, we are not exaggerating. The building almost looks like a natural rock formation. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of rocks, <laughs> um, there are rocks that are 1.8 billion, with a B as in boy, years old. The canyon has exposed 40% of Earth's geological history. The rocks might be old, but the canyon is relatively new. No one knows how new is the crazy part. That is correct. It is still a matter of debate when the canyon was first formed. The National Park puts the time about 6 million to 70 million years old. Aw, it's a geological baby. And speaking of rocks... Are you talking about the squirrels? No, uh, but we should definitely talk about the squirrels, but I was going to mention the snakes. Oh, okay, go ahead. So there are pink snakes. Cute! Uh, They are the same color as the rocks in the area, so visitors, be on the lookout. Okay, maybe not so cute. (laughs) Like all national parks, this is a wild place, so make sure, of course, that you follow all the rules. They're there for a reason. And be aware of your surroundings. And don't take selfies near high areas. uh, And look out for venomous scorpions and deadly spiders. 
birds of prey, coyotes, elk, um, mule deer, canyon bats, bighorn sheep, ringtail cats, chuckwalla, and collared lizards. That's not cozy at all. You know, but honestly, the most dangerous creature, according to numerous sources, are the rock squirrels. Should we take a quick break and talk about them when we get back? Uh, uh, when we will talk about squirrels. Uh, sounds good. Uh, see you soon. Yo, Shane here from Really Large Towels. Our towels are really large. Are you a big guy? And, and do you want a towel that fits you? We got you covered. I mean, like, literally, because, like, towels. Or do you have a big dog? Well, it's a lot easier to dry Shaggy off if you got a really large towel. Or, or do you got a small dog? You can dry Noodle off faster if you got a really large towel. Really large towels are also great at the beach when you need to say to the world, this is my space, and it will be returned to you once I've removed my really large towel. That works for some reason. You could use it as a blanket. You could even turn it into a sack and hold other things like other really large towels. Whoa. There's nothing a really large towel can't do, except open a tin can or read your children at night. Come to think of it, there's a lot a really large towel can't do, but they're still pretty great. So buy a really large towel. While they can't do everything, they can still do a lot. So I knew we would get to them. Speaking of rocks. <laughs> well, rock squirrels are not scared of you. Humans kept feeding them, and now they are pretty much fearless. Human food is also making them really unhealthy. They are herbivores, but they can bite you, and if they run away, they may still come back and bite you. <laughs> Good warning to everyone. Yes. Uh -huh. Grand Canyon National Park celebrated its 100th anniversary in February 2019, which means it was designated a national park all the way back in February of 1919. Uh, but the canyon is obviously much, much older uh, than the park itself. And the way you can tell this is because of rocks. John, I had the chance to take a wonderful field trip in Blacktail Canyon, which is at mile marker 120 of the Grand Canyon in a side canyon. How was your trip? It was great. I should also note it was a virtual field trip, of course. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes in case anyone else would like to take the virtual tour. Though I must warn you, even though the tour was free, you pay for the tour in the form of a quiz as you go along. I see. How did you do on the quiz? Well, to be honest, I hadn't taken a science quiz in about a decade, so I think I did pretty okay given the circumstances. I got a 115 out of 160. Not bad. What did you learn? Uh, so, Blacktail Canyon consists of two types of rock. Sedimentary rock on the top portion of the canyon and metamorphic rock on the bottom of the canyon. The conditions that form both these rocks are completely different, and it's impossible that they could have been formed at the same time. The metamorphic rock is 1.8 billion years old, and the sedimentary rock is only 540 million years old, but they are right on top of each other in the canyon. This is called the Great Unconformity because there is a gap in 
geological time. The tour teaches you all about the Great Unconformity and how something like this is possible. Quick, what's the difference between metamorphic rocks and sedimentary rocks? Oh, I know this because of the quiz. Metamorphic rock is formed deep in the Earth's crust and under great heat and pressure. Sedimentary rock is formed on the Earth's surface under low heat and low pressure. There's also water present. Hashtag quiz champ. I was testing you and you passed. Yay! Uh, it sounds very educational. It was, and it was really fun, too. You can tour much of the canyon for real. It's currently June of 2020, and the South Rim is open, and you could be one of the estimated 5 million people a year to visit. They charge a fee of $35 a car, but there is also an annual National Parks Pass that is currently just $80 for the year, and you can visit all the parks. The first visitors of the canyon itself were the Native Americans, who were there for thousands of years. I was seeing that there are 11 tribes that are traditionally associated with the canyon. We'll put a list of all these tribes in the show notes because there's a lot of culture and history there. Also, there are still Native Americans who live in the canyon. Mm-hmm. The Supi village, which, uh, or Supai, um, well, <laughs> oh. Uh, is the uh, the capital of the uh, Havasupai uh, Indian Reservation. There is a population of a couple hundred residents, not technically within the Grand Canyon National Park, um, but it is in a canyon that is close to it. Also, a cool thing to see is the stunning tour... Turquoise. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> uh, turquoise Creek that leads through the Indian Reservation to the Grand Canyon. You can also paddle through it. It is so beautiful, you understand why the uh, Hopi uh, Indians, a uh, different tribe, considered the canyon the gateway to the afterlife. Oh, yes. So, in 1540, the first European to reach the canyon was Francisco Vasquez de Coronado. He was looking for cities of gold. Yeah, he did not find gold cities, but <laughs> he gets mentioned in Indiana Jones, so that's cool. That, that's almost as good. Oh, yes, that's an honor in itself. Um, moving on, John Wesley Powell led an expedition that produced the first maps of the Colorado River. He is the person who named the Grand Canyon. In 1893, Benjamin Harrison set up a forest preserve in the area. In 1903, Teddy Roosevelt expanded that to create the Grand Canyon Game Preserve. But it did not become a national park until 1919. To give an idea of some historical context... Uh, Arizona did not become a state till 1912, so it was really soon after. Mm, yeah. Years later, in 1979, it was declared a World Heritage Site. Oh, I really can't wait to go visit one day. It's going to be so cool. And you can. And the reason you can is sometimes someone is perfectly able to appreciate what they have seen, and they rise to a new level of human achievement to protect it. Um... I'll go back to Teddy Roosevelt uh, in 1903 when he visited the site. And this is, a, this is an honest-to-goodness quote of his. The Grand Canyon fills me with awe. It's beyond comparison, beyond description, absolutely unparalleled throughout the wide world. Let this great wonder of nature remain as it is. Do not mar its grandeur, sublimity, and loveliness. You cannot improve on it. But what you can do is keep it for your children, your children's children, and all who come after you. 
as the one great sight which every American should see. Hmm. Oh, that's really nice. You know, even though many people wanted to be sure to preserve the canyon, some people were not interested. There was a guy named John Christmas Ives who, yes, was a real person, and he made a report to Congress in 1861 and said, and I quote, the region is, of course, altogether valueless. It can be approached only from the south, and after entering it, there is nothing to do but leave. Some people are dense. Ugh, I agree. They don't appreciate the majesty. Well, that's all I have. Is that all you have? I think so. Oh, wait. Um, lightning strikes the canyon 25,000 times a year, mm. and it's the only national park to have a K-12 school, school district. Oh, wow. Well, on that note, I think we should head on over to our community shout-out right after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey, John. You know when you worry about everything all the time? No. Yeah, I worry all the time, too. That's not what I said. Something that really helps me catastrophize less is coloring. What is that? Catastrophizing is when we think about the worst-case scenario all the time. Coloring is when you color a picture. So, for example, you might be constantly stressed about the future, but then you can color a flower violet. How are those things related? Or you might be worried about the distribution of sunscreen on your shoulders on a sunny day. Did you miss a spot? What, what are the repercussions if you did? But instead of thinking about it, you can color the sun yellow on your page with no UVAs or UVBs hitting your body. You really think about those things? And when you're getting ready to move across the country and you have so, so much to do. and well, you d- we, Jackie, we, we get it. Oh, okay. Is this not helping? No, it's not. But you were saying that coloring helps? Yes, John. Coloring helps soothe the mind. Try it today. Color, color, color your worry away. Every episode, our producer Charles likes to research and highlight something special in the area that we're exploring. This episode's community shout-out is the Grand Canyon Conservancy. The Grand Canyon Conservancy is an official non-profit partner of the Grand Canyon National Park. They currently have multiple conservation projects happening, but the one that stood out to me was that they are actually taking the Desert View Watchtower, the one I mentioned earlier in the episode that was designed by Mary Coulter, and turning it into an area that celebrates the Native American tribes of the Grand Canyon. The National Park Service and the Intertribal Working Group have already made a lot of progress. They even restored the murals in the Watchtower. It looks like they plan to continue Continue with the project, which is very exciting to me because I would really like to visit the Watchtower, and I think this is making it really an extra special site. That is really fascinating. You can donate to the Grand Canyon Conservancy through their website, but another great way to support them is to check out their shop. Yes, they sell books, maps, and lots of merch. The profits all go to supporting the Grand Canyon. I think the coolest items that I saw in the shop were the Junior Ranger (laughs) outfits. They looked very stylish and very functional. Do you wish you had been a Junior Ranger? Yes, I do, John. Same. (laughs) We will include the website in the show notes so that you can check out the Grand Canyon Conservancy for yourself. 
Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much to our producer, Charles. And thank you to our correspondent, Daniel Roberts. If you'd like to learn more about Dan, you can find his information in the show notes. And if you've been enjoying the show and you have the time, please take a moment to rate us and write a review. Also, send us an email at CozyNookExplorers at gmail.com with any questions for Charles or suggestions on where we should explore next. Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon. (laughs) 